tune-up. That's a good song, isn't it? That and the sheep song are my favorites. Uh, where's Bart? Bart, come up here. No. Matt, we're going to have to compose a song under the bus. Here you go. I asked, I asked permission for this. I know, but I didn't know you were going to call me up here. Well, I didn't until just now. Oh, okay. I mean, it's... Yeah, I know. Just, just do it. roll with it. Yeah. Um, Bart came down, and, and usually every Sunday he'll come down, and we'll visit a little bit and see what's going on and, you know, how your life was, what, what went on in your, your week. And he says, PJ, it was a miserable week. And there's a lot of things going on, but one of the things that, that happened... He got uh, word from his doc that the MS is back. So uh, I want us to pray right now. We're going to pray for Bart. And uh, uh, I, would, uh, I would ask that you remember, remember him. Uh, and, and I mean, if he goes down, uh, it, it doesn't just affect him. I mean, it affects every single one of us, and particularly Ann. But uh, So we're going to pray for you, bud, okay? Lord Jesus, uh, you are the great physician, and you healed Bart once before, uh, or a whole bunch of things, and I now lift him up to you and ask for your complete healing again. Give the doctors wisdom as they uh, determine a protocol for his healing for this MS. I know, Lord, that you can do it. Uh, We just pray that this is your will. The Lord, through it all, may uh, Bart have a positive uh, outlook. May he be able to, uh, at every turn of the way, uh, show that uh, you're in control of his life. And Lord, I, I, I pray for the healing, not just, to, not just to heal Bart, but more importantly, that we can brag on you, Jesus, that you are the miracle performer. And uh, we lift him up to you now in your son's name. Amen. Thanks, brother. I used to be able to do that. I can hardly climb the steps. We're going to talk about some, some uh, Thanksgiving commands this morning. There's five of them. Five over here, five over here. No, that's not ten. There's five commands. Um, let me read some scripture, and it's from the 100th Psalm. And uh, a lot of it is, is pretty familiar. In fact, there's, uh, there's music that has been, courses that have been written uh, using this psalm. But David writes in Psalm 100, 1 through 5, Shout with, a, with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Thanksgiving is approaching. My grandson, Caleb John, uh, is on his way to Guam this morning uh, with the Air Force, and we had a Thanksgiving meal uh, Last night, uh, in honor of him, he, he missed Thanksgiving last year, and 
uh, missed Christmas last year, and uh, he's, uh, uh, he's going to miss Thanksgiving this year. So we, we celebrated a little early, and uh, uh, he is uh, uh, a husband now, and he and his beautiful wife Tatum are going to have a baby in January. So uh, we are really excited about that. But Thanksgiving's approaching, and we've got a lot to be thankful for, don't we? Have you considered how privileged we are in the United States? We are privileged. Statistically, 3,000 calories are going to be consumed by the average person this Thanksgiving. 3,000. 45 million turkeys will, be given their, have, will have given their all and be eaten this Thanksgiving. That's a lot of birds, isn't it? 50 million pumpkin pies are going to be eaten. 50 million. 40 million green bean casseroles are made. Well, I'm not really crazy about that, so, but that's what's going to happen. And 72 million cans of Ocean Spray Canberry sauce are purchased each year. So, we're going to eat, and uh, you uh, slaughter those calories if you so desire. But you know, I love Thanksgiving, because it's the time that we can come together as a family, and it's, it's getting bigger and bigger. There are 32 of us uh, last night. And it's a place where, as a family, we can share past and, and even present blessings. I think there's something special about giving thanks as a church. We, as a church, have plenty to be thankful for. We have had a, uh, we've had a bunch of babies born this year. We've had people saved. We had people baptized. We've had some, we've had some wonderful experiences uh, and, and gifts from God this year. And I think that uh, it, it breaks down barriers between people. When we as a, as a group of people can be thankful of, of, uh, of one another, um, we, uh, we, can, uh, we can bond together as a, as a church family. But there's a danger in determining our thanksgiving on the basis of how much we have, our stuff. We can be thankful for the stuff that we have in this thanksgiving, but, you know, is, do I have enough turkey to gorge myself? You know, is there going to be enough leftovers? <laughs> uh, is, is, is my money in the bank secure? Am I healthy? And we let these things determine whether or not we're thankful. We, and and we, if we let these things determine whether or not uh, we are thankful that we've missed a blessing. The psalmist says that all these things may change at any time. They, they may drift away. They may burn up. Somebody may come in and steal our stuff. The only thing that we have for sure is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what the 100th Psalm tells us. Our assurance in who Jesus Christ is. Just scan the psalm. Verse 1, you'll find the word Lord. In verse 2, you'll find the word Lord. Verse 3, you'll find the word Lord. In verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Verse 5, you'll find the word Lord. And the basis of our thanksgiving is our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Alex Haley, uh, who, who was the author of Roots, had an unusual picture hanging on his office wall. It was a post in a field. Now, I don't know if you've, if you've seen this, but on top of the post was a box turtle. And, and the, uh, you, you see the picture there? Thanks, guys. Boy, that was a good touch. See that turtle up there? And, and turtles don't fly. Turtles swim. And by the looks of it, it didn't look like that field was flooded. And he says, every time I write something, he, 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 he asks himself, why is it there? Every time I write something significant, every time I read my words and think they're wonderful and begin to feel proud of myself, I look at that turtle. And I look at him on top of that fence post and I remember that he didn't get there on his own. He needed help. We're like that turtle, aren't we? We don't get somewhere. We don't get to the place that we're at on our own. We get there because we've had help. And that's the message of thankfulness to remember this year, that we got here with the help of God, and He's the provider of every single blessing we have. Every single one. We've been blessed with new life in our church. And, and it's exciting to see all these babies and, and the moms and dads. And, and we get to hold these little ones. And we get to enjoy uh, this new life. And it's the beginning of possibilities for that youngster of what he or she is going to be, be in light of what Jesus Christ is going to do in their life. Psalm, Psalm 100, I see five commands. And the first command is, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Shout means to proclaim with the force of a trumpet blast. That's, that's the noise that we are to produce as we're shouting with thanksgiving. Maybe, maybe it, it, it should be coming from the very depths of our soul. Maybe he solved a problem that you had. Maybe he has given you direction in your life that you've needed. Maybe he's provided a blessing and you realize all of a sudden, wait a minute, this came directly from God. So from the depths of your being, you proclaim your praise and your thanksgiving. Don't be a turkey. <laughs> Just say thanks. A story is told about a veteran missionary doctor who was in a church service and he introduced himself to the pastor after the service and he says, I was a medical missionary in India for, for many years. I've come back, I've retired. And I served a region that there was progressive blindness that was only in this particular area of the country. People would be born with healthy vision, but there was something in that area that caused them to lose their sight early on in their adult life. But this missionary doctor had come up with a with a, uh, a treatment which would stop this progressive blindness. So the people came to him to be treated and they would leave realizing that they would have been completely blind without his intervention. He said they never said thank you. They never said thank you. Here they were, people who were blind and now they can see and they realize that it came from the, from the intervention of this doctor who, who invented a cure. 
And they didn't even bother to say thanks. You know why? It wasn't in their vocabulary. They had no word for thank you in their vocabulary. He said that, that they spoke a word instead that meant, I will tell your name. I will tell your name. So instead, they spoke a word that meant that very thing. So whenever they went, they would tell the name of the missionary who cured their blindness. They had received something so wonderful that they eagerly proclaimed it, and that's what the psalmist is saying. Friends, once we were blind without Jesus Christ, and now we can see. We don't need to be saying, thank you, Lord, although that is appropriate, but we need to tell his name, proclaim his name. Suddenly you realize God has been so good to you that you can't keep it inside anymore. And so from the depths of your being, you express your joy unto the Lord. The second command, verse 2, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. It doesn't say worship the church. It doesn't say worship the preacher. You can be nice to him if you'd like. It doesn't say worship the Southern Baptist Convention. It says worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. And it teaches that if we feed the hungry, if we clothe the naked, if we do the work of the Lord, whatever it might be, we are serving Jesus Christ. Matthew 25, uh, 40, Jesus said, "In as much as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. That's what Psalm 100 is saying. Unto the least of these, our children, our children, now, I don't know you girls up front here. Okay, look at me. I want to see your eyeballs. Okay, your eyeballs? I want all your eyeballs. One, two, three, four. I want to see eight eyeballs looking at me. Miss Leopard Pants. Can you give enough money, you yourself, just the four of you, give enough money to keep the lights on? Can I have $100? No, you can't have $100. It's a lot of money. But you don't work. Do you have jobs? No, you don't have jobs. Okay, enough. Shh. Good. But you don't produce anything because you don't work. And Jesus Christ said to you, unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. So when you do something nice, something special for these children, you're doing something for Jesus. And that's important. The third command is, come before him with joyful songs. We were singing today. I like the music that we, were, we sang. That, that, was, that was so well done. And, and I even, I'm getting, I'm getting good at this. I picked out harmony. Can't do it, but I can hear it. And, and so we, we got to experience this music and sitting back there, and, and then I, I got up into the sound booth, and, and I could hear you. And it sounded wonderful. You guys were singing parts. Not sure what part you were singing, but it was parts, and it was good. I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. Psalm 98.4 says, Shout to the Lord all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. We got a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, we may feel stuck on top of that post, like a turtle flailing away, but we know we had help getting up there, and we are going to have help getting down. Why? Because we serve 
a God who glories in our thankfulness and praise. Have you noticed in, the, in these first three commands, God said, I want you to be happy. Shout with joy, serve with gladness, and come with joyful songs. He said, come before him and serve him and sing his praise with joy in your heart. We, we, don't, have a, we don't have a God that, that is this cosmic killjoy. We, we serve a God who, who has a storehouse of blessings for us. He just wants to give us. And all he wants for us to do is say thanks. Just say thanks. The fourth command is, we're his people, the sheep of his pasture. God took every bone, every joint, he welded them together with the sinews, muscle, sinew, sinew and muscles, covered them with skin, gave us eyeballs to see, brains to think, fingers that can feel. He gave us opposable thumbs. These th- thumbs are great, aren't they? You can do so much with thumbs. You can fix stuff. You can hitchhike. Thumbs are great. God invented the thumb. And he gave, him to the, gave those things to us. And, and he made us in, from, from the inside out. And he made you the way that he wanted you to be. He made me the way he wanted me to be. And I don't understand why, but God decided that he would bend me and shape me any way he wanted. Boy, that would be a good song, wouldn't it? Uh, any way that he wanted. And, and, and not, I, I realize, I look, in the, I look in the mirror every morning and... and and my, my wife has been with me so long, she's got to be good to me and nice to me and say nice things. But I realize that I look in that mirror that, that uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to win any beauty prize. I understand that. I, you can't hurt my feelings by saying, John, you, you know, you got a good heart, but you're a little homely. I, that doesn't bother me. I'm not particularly outstanding at anything, and this isn't, this isn't self-depredation. I, I understand who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable in my skin. But you know, he decided that he would make me a faithful father, a faithful husband. Faithful, not always the best, but faithful. He made me the kind of guy that's going to keep on plodding along. I'm not going to write any books, probably. I've got a lot of ideas, but they just never come out on paper. I'm never going to be responsible for making this a church of 5,000 people. Don't think I'd want it. It would ruin me, and it'd sure ruin you. I don't understand it, but he made me, and he made you. And someplace along the way, he had you guys in mind, and he made you. And he gifted you. And he's given you these, these wonderful uh, opportunities, these wonderful talents in your life that you can build, you can do music, you can create, you can cook. You can do all these wonderful things and it's because of who God is. And he allows us to do these things because he's picked us up, the turtles that we are, taken us off that post and put us in the ground to do what turtles are supposed to do. Turtles swim around and make baby turtles. So if that's all we're doing, it's fine. If that's what God wants us to do. 
we're still his sheep. <laughs> you know, and, and sheep aren't the, aren't the brightest critters in the, in the world. They, 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 they're a little dense. But he's still perfecting us. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the thing, good, so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. He's not satisfied with the unfinished product. I used to paint. I used to oil paint. I painted saws and tried canvas. I did that sort of stuff. But that painting wasn't finished until I signed my name. That's when the painting is done. Your signature, the signature of Jesus Christ, is not on your life yet. It won't be until you are in the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he will sign off your life when he says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of my kingdom. Enter the joy of the Lord. I'm sorry. He's not satisfied with your temper. Ah, there's some people in here that have a little bit of a temper. He's not satisfied with the weak areas of your life. Ah, there's some people in here that are procrastinators. Never do today what we can put off until tomorrow. Solid advice. <laughs> Procrastination. So he's still making us. He's still working on our lives. And when he's doing that, we're going to see those results. And we are going to be thankful. Paul wrote in Philippians 1, 3 through 6, he says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Listen to that again. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. That's what happened last week at Fallapalooza. All of you were, were partakers in the good things that were happening here. And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He's coming back. God is your maker. You are created in his image. Therefore, give him thanks for who you are. Then he says, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. I don't know about you. I don't want to be a sheep. I don't want to be a sheep. I don't want to be a sheep. Do you want to be a sheep? Don't be a sheep, because what do sheep do? Just walk around in grass. Bah, 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 right? Yeah. I want to be a shepherd. Huh? Yeah. Beat the sheep with that stick. It's not any fun being sheep. Sheep are unruly. Sheep smell. It's, it's, it's hard unless you are a leader and you can lead the sheep. The problem is we don't know where the still waters are or the green pastures are and every time we go out searching for them we end up getting lost. Sheep without a shepherd are going to get lost. So we have something else to be thankful for. The fifth command, the last is in verses 4 and 5, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. 
In the Old Testament, the, the temple symbolized the presence of God. And so whenever the people came to the temple, they entered the courtyards, they knew that they had come into the very presence of God. That's where God resided, in the temple. And so that temple doesn't exist anymore, but oftentimes the place where we meet to worship God is called a sanctuary. We're in the sanctuary. Now, you go in, into the zoo, there's bird sanctuaries. You go, you go into the, the there's, there's wildlife sanctuaries. That's where these animals are protected. You can't shoot them, you can't kill them, you can't touch them, you leave them alone. You can watch them. God is called a sanctuary, indicating that God is there. But then again, God's everywhere. You know that He is with you as you drive on the highway. He's, he's with you when you work. He's with you as you care for your children. He's, he's with you every minute, every moment, every, every bit of your life. Jesus Christ is with you. Maybe you needed to be set on that post for a while. He's with you on that post. Maybe you feel you're on a post of life right now. I don't know why the knee gave out. Having a clue. Bad doctor, inferior materials. But they had to have a new knee. So he put you on a post. Flailing around in that bed like a little turtle. And then he delivered you. He does that with all of us, doesn't he? I'm waiting one day for one of these guitar strings to break while you're playing. Or, or you get so excited you fling one drumstick out in the audience. Or you break something. Or you get excited and you fall off the stage. I don't know what Carrie's going to do, but get her feet caught in those pedals. But he's with you. He puts you on that post and with thanksgiving and gratefulness and praise in your heart, you thank him for every bit of that. And that's the source of our thanksgiving. You know, what if God began to treat us like we so often treat him? What, what if God met our needs to the same extent that we give him our lives? What if we never see another flower bloom because we grumbled when God sent the rain? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care for others? What if, what if God took away his message because we wouldn't listen to his messenger? What if he wouldn't bless us today because we didn't thank him yesterday? What if the oven blows up and burns all the turkey in there? Horrible. What if God answered our prayers the way we answer his call for service? What if God decided to stop lending, leading us tomorrow because we didn't follow him today? Psalm 103.10 says, He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. And I pray that this will be a meaningful thanksgiving to each of you this year. As you consider all the things that you have to be thankful for. That's right. The family kids, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, grandfathers and grandmas. All those wonderful things that we have 
to be thankful for. That we have a church that speaks the truth in love. You'll never be criticized. You're not going to be judged. You'll be loved. So if you have a decision on your heart today, I pray that you make it and that you'll come confessing your faith, transferring your your fellowship, being faithful to the Lord, whatever your need might be. And I want to extend an invitation this morning. We're going to sing. And as we sing, I I want to pray. I'm going to pray that if there's someone here today that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, I mean, not that you... We all know about God. We all know about Jesus. But do you have that personal relationship with Him? Have you come to that place in your life where you're tired of hanging out on the post? (laughs) You know, God puts you up there and you want to get down. You're not ready to get off that post, son. You need to be up there a while. Lord, I can't serve you while I'm on this post. Well, you weren't serving me when you were on the ground. See, I want all of you. That's what he said to me. He said, John, I want all of you. I don't want just bits and pieces. I don't want the stuff that you, you throw out here like so much loose change in the collection plate. I want all of you. And that starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and and I want you to think about, about this. If you were to die right now, do you know where you'd go? So you're in the very presence of God in heaven. I believe there's a heaven. It's like I believe there's a hell. And you're in the very presence of God and he says, Son of mine, daughter, why should I let you into my heaven? You say, well, I was a good person. I gave enough money to put a new roof on the church. I served the, I, I, went, I went down and, and served meals to the poor at the mission. I've never missed Sunday school. I've got Sunday school pins down to my ankles. I've never killed anybody. I mean, hit my wife. I'm still married, haven't abused my children. Lord, I'm a good person. And these are the words that Jesus Christ will say to you. Depart from me. I never knew you. See, Jesus doesn't want your money for a roof. He wants your heart that caused you to give for that new roof. He wants all of you. He wants a relationship with you. Father God, I pray right now that if there is one here today that does not know you as, as Savior, that this, that this day, that this day, Lord, they will come to that place and they'll put away all sense of pride all sense of of excuse. They'll come to that very place where they say, Lord Jesus, I need you. 
I don't understand it all. In fact, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I do know this. I am a sinner. And in the best way I know how, I ask you to come in and save me from that sin. Come into my life. Be my Savior. I believe when you died on that cross, you died for me, that I could live with you forever. If you prayed that prayer, nobody looking around, and, and, and friends, it, it really, it, it, a, prayer, a prayer doesn't save you. It's the intent of the heart. And so if you're here and you intend and you have that desire, you have that faith believing that Jesus Christ has, has been invited to come into your life and save you and you, you did that today, slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Nice and high. I can't. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this, for this uh, wonderful service and for the fellowship that is, is going to follow. Lord, I ask that you would bless this food, bless the hands that prepared it, bless our conversation. Help us, Lord, to be faithful in the little things, not just the big things. I ask this in your son's precious name. Amen. Matt? Nine you alone and I will not be shaken. Oh.